0: Hello, welcome to the Masters Athlete Podcast, where I will bring you the latest research on injury prevention, strength and conditioning, nutrition, and event preparation to the over 30 crowd of weekend warriors, seasoned triathletes, stay-at-home parents, or CrossFit athletes. I'm your host, Rob Arnold, and let's get on with this week's episode. Hello, Masters Athletes, and welcome back to the Masters Athlete Podcast. I am your host, Rob Arnold. And hope you enjoyed last week's episode, or actually two weeks. Uh, The Christmas season makes me uh, uh, delay some episodes. But uh, two weeks ago, I spoke to you about aerobic endurance part one. And this week, I wanted to follow up a little bit about the physiology associated with aerobic endurance and what went into it. It'll be a quick podcast, maybe 10-15 minutes, so buckle up. We're going to pass along a lot of information on Real Fast. But before I get started, I wanted to talk real quick about my sponsor, and that is uh, Simply Faster. Simply Faster is the leader in sports technology for athletes. Simply Faster has the world's best solutions for speed, power, endurance, rehabilitation, and recovery. Perfect for the Masters athlete, Simply Faster distributes the K-Box flywheel system, free lap timing, gym aware, and electrical muscle stimulators to help get ahead of the competition. To get started, simply visit SimplyFaster.com today. And on a side note, their blog posts are amazing. They're a little long form, so make sure you take more than just uh, two minutes of time to read them. They're they're kind of long where it'll take anywhere from five to ten minutes to read. So uh, check them out, they're f- absolutely fantastic, tons of information, so visit simplyfaster.com today. Uh, also, as a housekeeping note, I uh, wanted to put in a plug to get you to go over to the uh, Apple, iTunes, Apple Podcast Store and make sure you give a review of the podcast, make sure you throw some stars up on the podcast. Would love to see it climb up the rankings a little bit. To uh, get into that top 200 for health and fitness podcasts, so make sure after after you listen to today's episode and and you've listened to a few of the previous ones, go and give it five stars, um, write a review, and tell me what you think. I've I've had a number of people email me, I've had a number of people shoot me text messages that that know me, I've had a number of people chime in on the Facebook page, Masters Athlete Podcast. On Facebook and give some comments but I'd really love to see some comments on the uh, the Apple page the Apple podcast page so that uh, it can move up the rankings and more people can find it so check that out uh, and definitely help me out a little bit as far as that goes all right so I wanted to give a quick summary of what we talked about last week so again I had talked to a few people uh, a handful of people where I had some conversations regarding uh, the type of training for long distance running, whether that's a 5K or a half marathon or a full marathon, uh, maybe even in the track and field sector where it's one mile, two mile. And I had some, I, I spoke to some people that, let's just say our philosophies differed. And it's, you know, There's no problem with different philosophies. Uh, If you've listened to any of the previous podcasts, you'll know that I am definitely not one to say that I know everything. Um, If you ever run across a strength coach or a personal trainer or a strength and conditioning guy or just somebody in general that's in the field, and they claim that their way is the highway, I think that you need to run as fast as possible the other direction. So... In no way am I trying to say that um, my way is, is, the, is the only way. Um, but I do feel that um, different philosophies have a little bit more backing than others. And so last week I went into the concept of muscular endurance versus high energy interval training or HIIT uh, versus aerobic endurance. they are three completely different things. You train differently for all three. Um, I went into energy system breakdown where I talked a little bit about creatine phosphate system, your glycolytic energy system, your aerobic energy system. You know, you got your creatine phosphate where it's, uh, you know, up to 20 seconds, you know, glycolytic from 20 seconds to maybe a minute, minute and a half, and then aerobic, anything beyond that. So I talked a little bit about that. Tucked into specificity of training, where I gave examples of a hundred versus a four hundred versus a one mile versus a two mile um, versus a five k versus a half marathon. Then I spoke a little bit about intervals and long distance training. So that's just a summary of the last episode. If you missed it, definitely go check it out. It's episode twenty three, aerobic endurance part one. Um, if you missed any of that, I highly recommend you go check it out and. Um, because uh, today's conversation will kind of build off of that and I'm going to get a little bit more into the weeds as far as uh, physiology goes and what it does with your heart rate and lactate and that type of stuff. So uh, definitely check out the previous one and um, be ready for today's. So today I really wanted to talk a little bit about heart rate and monitoring your heart rate during um, various types of training. Um I know that there's a lot of uh, controversy as far as you know how valuable people think that uh, relying on your heart rate and using heart rate variability is with your training but I actually look at um, heart rate in, in a couple of ways um, when it comes to aerobic training one, I really look at how's my recovery doing uh, in during for my training, I look at you know can my heart, get to where it needs to be in a recovery phase? Meaning when I'm not training or the following day, is it back to where it's supposed to be within a few hours, within the evening where when I'm supposed to be going to bed or the following day, am I recovering properly? And ideally you want your heart rate to be at around your resting heart rate point Within a few hours of of your uh, of your training, if it stays elevated, you're not recovering well, um, and you need to find a way to make fix that. Um, when you're looking at long duration uh, training, and long duration is generally considered thirty minutes or more. So I'm not talking, you know, your typical, you know, if you're a track and field runner, one or two miles, or even a five k, you know. I, w- I would venture to say that most people listening to this might run a 5k in under, under 30 minutes. So a, a long duration would be greater than 30 minutes. If you're doing it properly and you're training properly, you generally don't want your heart rate above 80, 80% of what your maximum heart rate is. Now here's some more controversy where your maximum heart rate is not necessarily 220 minus your age. I know, I know, I know that, that there, that that's long been the general rule for how to find what your maximum heart rate is. But I'm 44 years old and I've had my heart rate up very recently up to about 195, 200. So that, that's that's a theoretical number. And I guess you can use that as a number, as a guide to see where you're at. But if you, but that's not exactly where it should be. Your, your maximum heart rate is, is, a, is kind of fluid and it, it really is not set in stone. So please don't, don't think that it it has to be 220 minus your age. Okay. Use that as a guide. And that's why we like to use when, when I look in percentages, I u- I like to use a range of percentages to give you more of a, of a guide and, and give you more of a, of a broad spectrum as, as, far as what we're looking at. So when we're doing long duration, I like to look at 60 to 80% of your maximum heart rate. For me, I've, I've learned throughout my time of training when I've, when I've done uh, half marathon and marathon training, I've learned that if I can get my heart rate to around 140, that I'm good. Now there are some other views on you know, making sure that you are fat adaptive when you do your aerobic training. Mark Sisson actually has a different formula when looking at max' heart rate. and it's uh, and if you don't know who Mark Sisson is, he's uh, Mark's daily Apple, um, primal endurance, incredible source of information and knowledge. He uses 180 minus your heart rate. And to get into the fat adaptation area, he really focuses on getting between 55 and 75% uh, of this 180 minus your age. So if, if I were get, and, and that's where you're really going to, to get into the, to using fat as an energy source versus uh, using glycogen or carbohydrates as your energy source. Um, I realize that that's really hard to do. For a lot of people, because again, if if you're me and you're doing, and you're 44 years old, if my max heart rate according to Mark Sisson is 136, and if I do the 180 minus my age, then you know that's that's a little challenging to do with 55 percent of that. So that's a that's a hard thing to to kind of grasp sometimes. But I think that if you do that if you if you really just slow yourself down you're going to be more efficient one at using your heart rate and using in in getting your heart trained for the long aerobic bouts that you're going to be doing slow yourself down a little bit and get into that fat burning storage so again this is for long durations of greater than 30 minutes and longer Um, if you're training for a half marathon training for a 10k training for a 10 miler and here in Louisville, Kentucky, we have, you know, the triple crown uh, every year around derby time, which is a 5k, 10k and 10 miler and all leading up to the half marathon right before the derby. So if you're looking at greater than 30 minutes, that's what you that's what you're looking at. So slow yourself down, get your heart adapted to that slow movement, get your heart adapted to fat burning and increase your aerobic capacity. Okay, so that's that's really a goal of mine there because uh, i i really like to u- use fat as an energy source because you have an endless amount essentially if if you're training for a, a half marathon or a full marathon you generally only have about 90 minutes worth of glycogen to use and um, you know you're going to burn right through that so i like to get into that fat adaptation train train a little slower to where my body's u- knows how to use the fat stores, to where my heart really builds itself up. Because uh, think about it, too. if If you're going out and training for a long-distance run, again, greater than 30 minutes, you want that heart to be stronger. And it's not going to get stronger by constantly throwing maximum speeds at it. You want that heart to be strong to be able to get through an hour and a half, two and a half hours, three and a half hours, four and a half hours worth of work, and it's just like strength training. Where when you strength train and you're trying to progress, you generally go five to ten percent increase on weights. You know, if I'm doing a bench press and and I've been doing and I've been doing, you know, 185 pounds, I'm for a month. I'm going to increase by about five to ten percent when I go up in weight, I'm not gonna increase by 30%. So the same can be said for long distance running is you wanna increase your mileage very slow, you wanna increase your heart rate very slow to get it stronger and so that your body can adapt to using um, fat stores versus uh, solely relying on glycogen. Now conversely, to switch things up just a little bit, let's say we're doing high energy interval training or high intensity interval training, I'm sorry. So HIT training. You know, your typical um, orange theory or CrossFit or, you know, Iron Tribe, something along those lines. In this year it's a little different. Whereas in long duration training, you have a steady increase in your elevation and you're and you're reaching a steady state in HIT, your heart rate goes way up and then it goes down. Then it goes way up and then it goes down. So two to three minutes at 90, 95%, two to three minutes of recovery. And you're repeating over and over and over again. Here, the goal is not to fully recover. Your goal in this is to adapt. Again, this is where that separation of of recovery versus adaptation comes in. Now this type of training could absolutely help that track guy, that one miler, that two miler, because he wants to adapt to high intensity speed, get maybe even that that uh, 400 or 800 guy so you, you want to adapt to that to that uh, high intensity you know lack, get used to lactate threshold increase your lactate threshold and adapt it's not meant to recover if you want to learn a little bit more about adaptation versus recovery I highly recommend you check out um, Andy Galpin dr. Andy Galpin he is a exercise exercise physiology guru out of California Um, Has a ton of videos on YouTube, Um, but he spoke uh, quite extensively on recovery versus adaptation on the Joe Rogan podcast one time. And so anyway, I highly recommend you check that out for a little bit more. He could be, he'll be much more eloquent about it than I can be, Um, but he's just a super genius. So definitely highly recommend you check him out. So for high intensity interval training this could absolutely be used for most short and shorter distance shorter to medium distance now again in the track world they consider 800 to a mile to two miles uh the long distance guys you know the 400 to 800 guys are mid distance and then the ones and twos are sprints so that's kind of what what we're looking at here in the track world now Obviously, my world that I know about is track. So you can relate this to swimming, cycling, whatever it is that you do in terms of aerobic endurance, whatever it is that you do. So, again, when you think of long term endurance, longer term, you're thinking you're thinking something generally greater than 30 minutes. At least in running, that is. So equate that to whatever it is you're doing. Again, I'm trying to speak on what I know, what my world is, and that's running, that's track and field, that's cross country, that's street running. Um, So when it comes to aerobic endurance, again, keep in mind, long distance, greater than 30 minutes. You want that slow rise in heart rate, nice, even heart rate. You don't want it jumping around much and you want to watch your heart rate on uh, whether it's your your apple watch or whatever and make sure that you're staying at a at a slower pace so that you can get into that fat adaptation okay shorter distance less than 30 minutes especially less than 15 go ahead and add in some high intensity interval training to help that body adapt to when the body needs to go fast because on a 800, on a, two, on a one mile, on a two mile run, you're gonna have to finish fast. You're gonna have to finish hard. An 800, a good middle distance guy can almost sprint a full 800, okay? So that's where high intensity interval training is really gonna help. But that mile, that two mile guy, sure, go ahead and throw them in some longer distance runs, maybe four, five, six miles. Anything more than that's really not necessary but add in that high intensity interval training, add in plyometrics. I've never seen an athlete, no matter if they were a strength athlete or an endurance athlete, I've never seen an athlete that doesn't take benefits away from doing plyometrics and strength training. Not one. You show me a champion cross country runner and I will show you somebody that does plyometrics and strength training. So again, 800 mile, 2 mile, you know, maybe maybe a 5K if they're if they're good because that's less than 30 minutes. Go ahead and throw some high intensity interval training. Throw some throw some interval sprints in there. Throw some plyometrics in there. They will absolutely benefit 1000% from it. They'll benefit much more from that than they will be from running 10, 12, 13, 14 miles. I guarantee you. We can take the same runners, and I'll have them do my high-intensity interval training. You have them do your 14-mile runs or 6-mile runs even. And I guarantee you my 2-mile guy will beat yours. Strong wins. Okay? So, anyway, today I wanted to get into that. I'm going to have another episode of Aerobic Endurance um, coming up later. And we're going to really get into that again. And hopefully you've gotten something out of this. Hopefully you've gotten something to take for your own training with it. Um, if you're a coach, hopefully you've gotten something that you can try on your athletes. Um, if, again, if you have suggestions, by all means, shoot me a text, shoot me an email. Um, mastersathletepodcast at gmail.com. Mastersathletepodcast on Facebook. arnold 2626 on Instagram shoot me a note. I'd love to hear your input. And um, until next time, get the training and good luck.